Welcome back, Knoxville. Now it's time for UTK alum and WUTK alum Ryan McGee back on the airwaves. Ryan, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. And uh, the last time I was in this room was um, you weren't born yet, and it looks exactly the same. It's just there's some computers in here now. Other than that, it's, uh, it's awesome. Across the board, we have our main man, Jackson Williams, and Jason Wyrick. They're going to join us for this interview. What's up, boys? It's a homecoming for you, yeah. Ryan. Uh, obviously, it's homecoming for Tennessee as well this week. What's it like to be back at WUTK? It's great. And, and, and what's cool is it's, it's new, but it's still the same. And to me, that's how the whole campus is. You know, I, I, you know, I, had, the old, I had the old UC was my student center. And, you know, I lived in a dorm now that, that grieved that's now like an administration building, you know. But the point is is that it looks the same, but it's new. Yeah. And that's the best part of it. You come back and everything's awesome and it's future-focused, but at the same time there's just enough left to make you think you're, like, you're still, like, feel like a part of it. Oh, yeah. It's like, the, it's like the definition of homecoming, right? How does it feel to be back for homecoming, and what are you expecting for tomorrow's game? Well, and if I'm being 100% honest with you, I have been traveling so much this fall, I didn't know until, like, Monday that it was homecoming this weekend. Because, first of all, I've been really busy. And second of all, who the hell schedules Georgia for homecoming? That's, that's right. the same thing we've you been know, saying. When I was in school, we played Akron and Pacific Temple. point is, it's a homecoming in every sense of the word. From the time that I really drove, rode past the Strawberry Plains exit this morning, and I was on the phone with one of my, my – my, you know, if you ever see pictures of me, I usually throw up four fingers, like the four horsemen. Those are my four best friends from college. We always did that because we lived on the fourth floor of Grieve Hall. And one of my buddies is the horseman going to come out and see the show in the morning. I was talking to another one on the phone today. So it just it just feels good, man. It's just um, being back. I mean, I owe literally everything that's happened to me in my adult life to this place. And that includes meeting my wife. Uh, that includes, you know, what I learned upstairs at CCI. That includes what I learned across the street working in the athletic department for Link Hudson. You guys probably know he's a classmate of mine and does an amazing job at, at VFL Films. And so, yeah, that's just being back around it. I loved Coach Summit. The first thing I did when I got to campus today was I made sure to drive by the statue, cry my eyes out because she was so good to me when I was a student. I miss her. I miss Johnny Majors every day, and I made sure to drive up Johnny Majors Boulevard. But then also, on top of that, football team's really good, you know, and it's fun to watch, and, and, there's, and there's a lot of excitement. And so, yeah, it's that idea of getting to relive the stuff that you love about it, but also getting to live, like, the new part of it. And that, that's my favorite part. Ryan, I have to ask about your favorite story. You talked about reminiscing, talking about all this. What has been your favorite story that you have from your college days here at UT? Oh, man, there's so many. And I, I got – I got very fortunate, and, and, and students ask me all the time, whether it's at Tennessee or whether I'm talking to classes elsewhere, about, you know, hey, what do I do if I want to do this, or what do I do? If, and what I say is you, you say no to nothing. You say yes to everything. You also look for opportunities because they're out there. And what happened to me was I was eating lunch over at Strong Hall looking at the Daily Beacon, and there was an ad in the Daily Beacon, uh, anybody interested in working uh, in sports television, come to this interest meeting. And luckily, it wasn't like a trap, you know. But I go over there, and it was a guy named Mike Moore, and they were looking for people to work on the coaches' TV shows and a show called Big Orange Sunday, which was about spring sports. It was all being produced out of the athletic department. And so that gave me a chance to hit the road with the football team as part of the video crew. And I say all that to say my favorite stories to tell are from those days at practice because I had this behind-the-scenes access, and that's, like a, that's addicting. I mean, once you get that, you want to be a part of it all the time. I have so many stories about Johnny Majors telling me stories that I know Coach Majors has passed away, but I can't decide if I can tell the stories or not. He always said, you can't tell that story until I'm gone. 
McGee, you can't tell that story until I'm gone. And uh, and now he's gone, and I'm trying to decide if I can tell the stories. Maybe not on the air. Maybe maybe if you guys will meet me on the strip later, I'll be happy. Oh yeah, we'd be happy. Be to. happy to share those with you. But you just but just being here for all of those moments. But but meeting my my best friends from college, and I was a big dare guy. So I got dared to go on airs roof airs hall, and I got in trouble with campus police. I got dared to go in alumni hall one night play basketball. Got in trouble with campus police. I promise I wasn't a hooligan. But uh, we had this dumb bet about. Buddy might have had a ninja suit, and would anybody be willing to wear the ninja suit and just walk around campus? I'm like, hell, yeah, I'll do it. I mean, is there money in this thing? They're like, yeah. So I walked around. I stood on the corner in front of the stacks, in front of the library, at like the whatever y'all like the 1110 class channel, whatever, whatever the biggest, busiest you know interchange is for yeah. students now at the business intersection. I stood there in a ninja outfit, and we <laughs> I don't know if y'all still have this now. We used to have the crazy preachers that would just stand on that corner. Oh no, they're you they're, they're guys. Oh yeah, yeah, they're still out there. We had the one guy got arrested because he was talking about the horsemen. He thought the four horsemen apocalypse were on their way, and all of a sudden, and whatever, let, let him yell and scream. Then he pulled out this sword and started <laughs> swinging it around, and that's when he got in trouble. But I, but I was a ninja, and I walked around out there, and I got a date out of it. Oh really? Yeah, and I think it's because my face was covered, but I got yeah, I got a date out of it, and there's pictures of it somewhere of me like sitting on the corner talking to this girl. I got like I got like I don't know I got I probably got like a free Mr. Gaddy's pizza out of it or something. It was I wasn't a partier, but I was definitely I would definitely take a dumb. But I got climbed up in the ceiling of Thompson Bowling one time during a game. Oh really? Yeah, that was so dumb. These are the things that you do when you're 20, oh, 21. Yeah. And then when you're my age and you've got like a teenage daughter, you're like, oh, my God, don't ever do that. <laughs> but when you're young and, and invincible, you think you can get away with it. Yeah, so obviously Georgia's coming to a town this weekend. Yeah. And Tennessee obviously has a pretty good memory, uh, the Hail Mary, Josh Dobbs, the Jawan yeah, I was there. What is your, other than that, what is your favorite Tennessee football moment? Oh, gosh, uh, Notre Dame, the, the miracle of South Bend. My roommate, Dave Montgomery, who grew up here in Knoxville, we had no money. And but we we got his dad was a professor here and had two tickets for the Tennessee at Notre Dame game 1991 and we were just started school we drove up to South Bend froze our butts off had no money and we were down gosh we were we were down a couple touchdowns early and we're looking at the ha- looking at being down like 24 points at the half ended up coming back and winning the game and if you guys ever go back and watch the film of that game Notre Dame had a chance to win the game with a field goal it was a short chip shot field goal guy missed it. But we were sitting literally on the field on a wooden bleacher underneath the goalpost. But where we were sitting, it looked like it went through. And so we thought he made the field goal, and we're just crushed. And we just drop our head, and we sit down. And all of a sudden, we realize the Notre Dame fans are screaming and cussing. And we look up, and Tennessee's running onto the field. And so we just ran out onto the field. (laughs) And so I still, on my desk at home, I still have a little glass jar that has a big chunk of turf that I ripped out of the field. Uh, at Notre Dame that day. So, yeah, that was a great one. And talking about Georgia, for me it was 4th and 14. And anybody my age will tell you that was Heath Shuler at Georgia, had a 4th and 14. And when I was in school, we wear Georgia out. I, we won like nine in a row against those guys. We couldn't beat Alabama, but we could beat Georgia. And uh, But, yeah, 4th and 14 at Georgia. But, then, but, yeah, the miracle of South Bend. Y'all go across the street and tell the guys of VFL Films to make them show you. They did a, we did a home video, like a VHS tape back in the day you could buy that was like the highlights of that game. Oh, yeah. And it was, it was amazing. Coldest ever been in my life, but it was awesome. Awesome. And so with tomorrow's game coming up, yeah. the thought is Tennessee is going to be probably more competitive offensively than anybody else. I mean, 13 is a pretty low bar to pass. <laughs> How do you feel about this offense matching up with the Georgia defense, especially with the burners on the outsides where the secondary is kind of – I mean, if there's a weak point on Georgia's defense, that'd be it. Well, they just haven't been tested. That's the thing is that the, the, the front seven's so good at Georgia 
that no one's getting passes off. And so they have not seen an offense like this all year. You know, I know a lot of teams run tempo and spread and all that, but this is why you do that, because particularly in the SEC, because, yes, Ole Miss does it, and, yes, you know, there's some schools that run it, but it's still not something you see every week. You're still seeing more traditional offenses, you know, even with Alabama opening up, whatever. So they haven't seen an offense like this all year. So that's your chance. I mean, your chance – the reason you hire Josh Heupel is because he's, he has the ability to – his teams do to score points in a hurry. And the problem is, and you guys know this, the good news is Tennessee's going to score a lot of points. The bad news is defense is going to be on the field the whole game because that, that was the problem at UC, USF, or UCF. That was the problem when he was at Oklahoma is the time of possession is so out of whack. And so the reality is Georgia's been very conservative on offense because they don't have the quarterback playing they thought they were going to have. That's a chance to stay in the game if you're Tennessee. Georgia's defense has not seen an offense like this. That's a chance to stay in the game if you're Tennessee. So you just you can't make mistakes. The spread feels a little large to me. I'm not a, I'm not a Vegas guy, but almost three touchdowns feels a little large to me. But um, but Georgia's also man that that defense might be the best I've ever seen. Yeah, but the, with the spread, their offense you know they just lost a freshman wide receiver right um, to a broken leg. So yep. we, we, I don't really know what to expect from uh, Georgia's offense, but it's probably going to be more than we've seen all season because our defense is probably just worn out. It's worn out, and and that and that's always been the criticism of not just Josh Heupel, but anybody that runs that offense yeah. is that you know at U, when, when USF was UCF was so good and like that legendary game they had against USF on Thanksgiving a couple of years ago that I'm still worn out from watching. But the problem is your time of possession when the games are with uh, offense had the ball nine minutes, and that means the defense has been on the field 51 minutes. I'm not good at math, but I'm pretty good. Yeah, and so it, it's it's that part of it is tough, particularly when you get into the middle and late part of, of November. Which, by the way, it's just super weird to me as an old guy that Georgia Tennessee is happening in the middle of November. You know, this is when the Auburn game is supposed to be for Georgia, and Georgia Tennessee you're supposed to play in September. Yeah, but uh, but I'm glad they're playing. As a Tennessee alum, I'm glad they're playing now because Tennessee certainly was not ready for Georgia third week of the year. Now, now I think they got a chance. I gotta ask for a score prediction just for this game coming up tomorrow. What what do you think is gonna happen? I, you know, it's like the old film you see the trains running, the two trains running head to head in each other. I just they kind of cancel each other out. You know, I think that Georgia's offense might be better than people realize just because they haven't had to be dynamic. Yeah, if they have to on Saturday, then. Th- they certainly can if they need to. Particularly if JT Daniels has got, you know, can play at all. But it's, uh, I don't want to go on the station and do this, but uh, I think Tennessee will score more than anybody else has. It just feels like a, like a, I don't know, like a 32 21, 35 21. So uh, what I've been saying all week was Tennessee's going to score more than anybody else has because, like I said, 13 is a pretty low bar to pass. Right. And I think that Tennessee's going to hang a little bit longer than Georgia fans are going to like. I think it's going to make them rather uncomfortable probably into the second quarter. And then I think ultimately Georgia pulls away. Their their depth is going to come in handy. Uh, is that a sentiment that you share? It's, the, it's the, the only roster in America that matches Alabama for depth. They're, they're, they're three deep everywhere, and no one else can say that. We're seeing it with Clemson now. Yeah. Clemson's missing a couple key people. And they're pretty pedestrian. You know, Georgia and Alabama can reload like no one else in the country because they, despite what Dan Mullen might tell you, you need to recruit. And so, you know, and, and nobody recruits better than Kirby Smart or, or, or Nick Saban, and that's why they're as deep as they are. So, yeah, I, it just feels like a wear-down situation. But if Tennessee can hang it I, I tell you this, and I, I can already see this being clipped off and played to my chagrin, this is not going to be what this game was two years ago. That was one of the most embarrassing things I've ever witnessed in the stadium. I've never been to a game at Tennessee. And I'm, ta- I'm talking about the game when, when, the, when the Butch Jones era ended. Yeah. That game was over in five minutes. 
fans were leaving halfway through the second quarter. I've never seen it before, never seen it since. And so uh, it won't be that. I don't know what it's going to be, but it won't be that. And that, that's, that's certainly, <laughs> certainly an improvement. Well, as Tennessee fans, uh, all we can hope for is some competitive football. Yeah, and, and that's just it. And, and I know patience is a hard thing to preach, and, and particularly when it comes to any fan base, but particularly one that's suffered for a while like this one has. But as I tell my in-laws and as I tell my old college roommates, the signs of turning it around are there. Um, I, I said to you guys, I, I, like, I compare this team to last year's Ole Miss team. That's a 5-5 five and five team. This team this year felt like you just want to get above 500. Uh, but be entertaining. Right? Even, even if you're losing games, like the Ole Miss game, if you're losing games and are talking about what you did on the field on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday in a positive way, that, that's a win, certainly versus what Tennessee's been doing uh, for most of the last 15 years. So, yeah, it's getting there. Turning a battleship around in a bathtub is not easy. Yeah. So, uh, moving away from the game, we just heard that you got an extension from ESPN. I did. So, talk about kind of how WUTK has helped get, get you to the point where you're at right now. I said it to you earlier. I said you guys at the start of the interview, you don't say no to stuff. I was the guy, my buddy John J. Wood and I were the guys that at 2 o'clock in the morning, they're having a call down the radio station and said, leave. Because we just wanted to do this. Same when I was working in the athletic department. Or when, I'm in, uh, when I was in class and was in an edit suite upstairs in our circle park, I got professors calling going, it's 3 o'clock in the morning, you have to go home. And that's what it did for me. Is it may, I loved it. I just loved it. I, I didn't want to not be doing it because I loved it so much. And so that's what it prepared me for. And so I've been with ESPN almost my I – mean, basically, I've been affiliated with them my entire adult life. Even though I wasn't working there full time, I still was writing for the magazine and all that stuff. So it's been the privilege of my life and the training that I received at Tennessee and the lessons that I learned, which were be ready for the future, be willing to adapt. I'd sit in you – know, our, our, Dr. Sam Swan, I remember sitting in like broadcasting 101 and him saying, one day all computers will be connected through this network. He's talking about the Internet. And one day, you know, direct TV dishes and laptop editing, all this stuff, he, he told us about all that, you know, 10, 15, 25, 30 years before it happened. And so I learned that lesson of future-proofing yourself, being able to roll with it, not just saying, well, I'm just going to be this. No, you have to do everything. That's how you survive at ESPN. And, yeah, I'm very fortunate. They asked me to stick around for at least a few more years. And, boys, at my age, every contract is – is a gift in particular because, you know, I'm getting old, man. They keep giving me contracts. I'm way closer to the end than I am to the beginning. Yeah, and so uh, with that contract, should we write you down for a yearly donation now? I'm already doing that. <laughs> <laughs> just so you all know, I'm pretty sure the signal's going out on a tower that I helped pay for on the roof of this building. So, yeah, and my wife and I, my wife is a graduate of the communication school, too. We're going to have a seat somewhere in one of the classrooms with our names on it. Oh, yeah, I'm that guy now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, don't worry. I've, I've, I've donated. I'm, I'm a member of the Board of Visitors. There we go. Whatever gotta, that is. We've got to get uh, Marty and uh, Paul to uh, jump on and start helping to yeah, donate. See, Marty, well, number one, Marty's not an alum. Yeah. He did go to Carson Newman for a minute. But number two, Marty, I don't know if y'all know this, Marty's kind of on the outs with the volunteer fan base right <laughs> yeah, now. We, yeah. yeah, we've we, heard. We I appreciate him taking those darts from me so I don't have to deal with it because normally they're mad at me. But, uh, but we're getting Paul. We're, we're getting there with Paul. Yeah. Years ago, we gave Paul like the Distinguished Alumni Award. I think, but the same thing. Paul kind of got on the outs with everybody because you know, a lot of people didn't know he went here. Yeah, like they think he's a Alabama guy because he's down there for so long. But yeah, yeah. Well, and the sad thing is, Marty has more money than either one of us, so we need to get. We need yeah, he's got to help. He's got to help his friend out. Well, help he's, his coworker out. Well, he, he's probably you know he he's Eric Church's boyfriend. He's probably over here helping him get, get, get <laughs> helping him with the concert the tonight. Yeah, that's why that's why I haven't <laughs> seen him today. He's probably over there. Plugging in speakers for Eric Church over <laughs> Thomas Bowling. There we go. 
Knoxville, this has been Ryan McGee, UTK and WUTK alum. Ryan, it's been so great to have you on. It's awesome. And I'm telling you, I feel like I feel like right after this I should like play some uh I'm trying to think of what we used to play. We used to play a REM. We used to play back when I was on New Rock ninety, we played a lot of bands that had Jesus in the name. You had the ten foot tall Jesuses and the uh Jesus Jones. I, back then it was cool. So like put Jesus in the name of your band, and all I could ever think was Jesus. This is terrible. Like I, I, I didn't, I didn't like any of that music. But yeah, but it's, but it's great to be back in the building. Uh, we, we, we love to have you back, and uh, we're, we're excited to see that uh, segment air on your show tomorrow morning. Yeah, y'all, and y'all come up to the hill, 9 a.m. Uh, at the base of Ayers Hall. We'll do Marty McGee from 9 to 10, and we'll do SEC Nation from 10 to 12. Y'all come on up there. It, it is always a good time, guaranteed.